Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. So, Nick, I've been having a couple conversations with clients recently um, in which their, their internal dialogue is brutal, very critical, judgmental thoughts about themselves that are kind of constantly um, an issue for, for my clients. What do you, do you mean when you say internal dialogue? Um, their, their thought process, their, their, the thoughts as they relate to them, I guess. I'm, I'm a terrible person. I'm an asshole. I'm, you know, an awful mm-hmm. friend, employee, whatever it is. I did that poorly. I really screwed that up. Mm. There's just this constant kind of self-talk that's happening that is, that is really brutally critical yeah. and judgmental. Do you have clients like this? I do a lot. Yeah. A lot of my clients um, struggle with this. Yeah. I, so one question I have for you, though, are, are these clients aware of the impact on the on themselves emotionally that that kind of brings? No, um, I don't think so. And I, I think that's why this is an important topic. Um, the idea of self-talk, I mm-hmm. think, is important to talk about because it's something that for all of us, it in some form or another, it goes on constantly. We're all talking to ourselves all constantly, the time, right. all the time about, in a way it's like we're, um, we're narrating life to ourselves. Stuff happens right? and we're, we have a little, I, I guess it could be a dialogue sometimes, but often I feel like it's more of a monologue. Like we're just sort of, oh, he said this and then I did this and I feel like this and I, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, mm-hmm. um, so I think that it's self, I think self-talk is the perfect description because it's, we're just literally talking to ourselves right. almost all the time. And I think most of us are not aware of how often that happens. How, how often it happens. And, and what I, what I found interesting just recently is, is that some of my clients just aren't putting together the fact that that has a detrimental effect on their mood. Yeah. And, 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 sub, and subsequent behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, I've almost found that, I, I think that's totally right, and I think we should get into that, but um, I, I've found with my clients, the, the first step, though, is, is to really clarify how much this self-talk happens generally. The, the amount. Yeah, just the, the, the degree to which it's going on constantly. And, and sometimes it's not always negative. You know, there, there are plenty of times, I think, even... Um, for people who, who really struggle emotionally where their self-talk is innocuous or, you know, positive or whatever. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it's just really staggering, I think. Once you learn how to tune in to your own, like what your mind is doing right. just throughout your day, like how chatty your own mind is mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. Like well, it really never turns off. No, right? no. Yeah. Um, it's just, are we aware of it or not? We're often kind of distracted, but it's, it's like a tape that's almost always playing mm-hmm. in our minds. Um, and so I think that's just a huge thing is to learn to learn how to do that or to learn that it's even a thing. Sure. It, to give it a name like self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to just periodically try and tune into that a little bit. And yeah. just, just kind of just with some curiosity, just sort of notice like, oh, interesting. This is 
Um, you know, one of the best ways, places to do this, I think, is while you're driving. <laughs> At least for me anyway. Like I, when someone, whenever someone does something stupid on the freeway, uh-huh. that's, I almost always, my self-talk is so loud and so mean <laughs> uh, <laughs> that I almost always notice it. Like I will all internally unleash some sort of profanity at someone <laughs> and then I'll notice myself doing it and uh-huh. be like, that was just mean. That, like, over that, the top. that is way over the top, <laughs> you know? So I, I think everybody probably has some area where that happens, but sure. um, yeah, I think just the, the first thing is to, to really take some time and maybe in different areas of life to try and tune in and, and notice like, how do I talk to myself when I'm at work right. or in a meeting or, um, at, at dinner with my family or, you know, when I'm on the phone with, you know, with my brother or like whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but it's really, it can be really, um, surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you mentioned the first thing you do is try to help your clients find out how often this is happening. What, what do you do to help them recognize the amount of self-talk and well, let's call it negative self-talk, mm-hmm. um, especially with your clients that they're doing, what, how do you help them see this? Yeah, so usually the first thing I do is just in session, I'll just explain from my own experience some of the ways that I have self-talk, like when I, you know, scream at someone in my head who cut me off in the car, you know, mm-hmm. and I'll, mm-hmm. and usually people will like kind of laugh and they'll be able to relate. And so I'll give some kind of anecdotes of my own self-talk just so they know on a basic level what self-talk is. What and, you're talking about. Yeah, what I'm talking about. And then one thing I'll do that it seems kind of basic, but it, it really helps is I'll have them open up their phone and set a reminder on their phone for, it could be for specific times. It could be for like a random time that says self-talk. And when that goes off, you know, so I'll say, you know, set your phone to remind you at 2.53 PM on Tuesdays and Thursdays, this will go off. Right. right? And so they'll, they'll just be going about their work day, whatever. And they'll get this reminder buzz on their phone. That'll say Mm self-talk and that's their cue to go. Oh yeah. Like what, what was I thinking about? Like, what am I, what's going through my mind. Um, and for the next few minutes, pay attention to what I'm thinking as I'm doing stuff. I like that. Um, as just a way to kind of force, encourage people (laughs) to start orienting Uh, to that. Yeah. To be a little bit more aware of how that's going. Um, so that's, that's just a silly example, but I think it, it often comes about too, just as in therapy, we talk, I, I talk about self-talk so much that it, it starts to become a thing that people, because we talk about it in therapy so much, they almost um, automatically start thinking more about it, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. figure out some way to just remind yourself um, to, be, to be aware of that. But then I think the, the other thing that helps people become more aware of it is what you were alluding to, which is if you're feeling really crappy, whether it's anxiety or depression or something else, there's a really good chance that self-talk plays a big role in that. And so if you want to not feel so badly anymore, that's a pretty strong motivator to start to pay attention more to your self-talk. Well, and I think that connection is something that um, I find myself talking a lot about in therapy, where it really feels like for the first time in my client's life, they're they're starting to understand that the self, self-talk has an impact. And sometimes I get this kind of, you know, shoulder shrug, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, negative self-talk can't be good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost want to like really stop everything and stare <laughs> at him and say, no, you don't understand. This is huge. 
Todd's you know. eyes just tripled in size, by the way, <laughs> as he's talking about this. Yeah, because I think a lot of people would say, yeah, of course my thoughts have some kind of effect on right. my mood. It, your thoughts have a enormous, significant impact on your mood. And I don't think a lot of people put that together necessarily. Mm-hmm. To them, their self-talk is just narration or just objective truth sometimes. Oh. So you what know? are what are some examples of like what's a prime example for you of someone who where their their self-talk is really affecting their mood? Um I have I have a client who in professional settings feels inadequate. Okay. At their work. And when other professionals are around and they're in a meeting, he is sitting there telling himself how ill-equipped he is, how um, how unprepared he is, and how everybody else at that table is better than he is, mm. basically. And, and so the literal things running through his mind are like, I, oh my God, they're so much more prepared than I am, right? Or, or they know so I'm, much more about this. Yeah, I'm way out of my league. Right, right. right. And, and the entire, you know, sometimes his entire day, Wow, he's kind of swimming through that. Um, but then there's this dis- disconnect as to how much that's impacting him mm. and how he feels yeah. in that moment um, that, that we've really had. I feel like a lot of my job sometimes is reiterating that connection. Mm-hmm. And, and clients sometimes have a really hard time understanding that their thoughts aren't real and that... Wait, what do, you, what do you mean their thoughts aren't real? Our thoughts aren't real? No, it's it's your perception or it's the way you're viewing a situation, but that doesn't mean it's objectively true. Oh. Does that okay. make sense? I like that better. Yeah. I think they're real. They, they might not always be true, <laughs> though. They're real. They're real. <laughs> well, here's the fact, too. They only exist in between your ears. Right. That's the only place those thoughts are really real, I guess you could say, is in between your ears. And so it's 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 sometimes surprising for me when clients struggle to understand just how impacted they are by their negative thought yeah. patterns or that their thoughts could be a very unrealistic interpretation of reality right like they yeah. it, it's not necessarily when you're thinking about how much more prepared all your colleagues are than you are like that might not be that might not match up super well with what's actually the case. It it might not match up, but I think even more importantly, that thought is not going to function well for you in that moment. Mm. Whether it's true or not, I I kind of I mean, we can we can talk about that and sure. there might be steps where we can say like, "Oh, maybe you are woefully underprepared for this right. meeting or whatever and we we can do that." But uh-huh. but in that setting, so, so I, I end up teaching my clients a lot. We want to replace this really negative, critical self-talk with a much more functional, adaptive mm-hmm. self-talk, basically. So true or false is in some ways less important than helpful or unhelpful. I would argue less important. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can get into these arguments about truth and what's... But, but is this working for you? Is this <laughs> actually leading you to participate in that meeting? Are right. you... 
Are you actively engaged in your projects, right. you know, that you're doing? Doing well. If you're, if you're sitting there your telling job, yourself yeah. you're woefully underprepared and everybody else is smarter, does that set you up to succeed in that right. project, you know? Or does saying, man, I can learn a lot from these people maybe, and I'm, and I'm in good company here because these are professionals who know what they're doing, and, you know, I strive to be like them. I want to be more like them. And that's probably a more functional line of thought than sitting there at that table berating yourself for your mm-hmm. inadequacies. I wonder if a lot of people do think it's functional, actually. Like, I, I suspect that a, a lot of us, when we have really negative yeah. self-talk, really, especially really critical, judgmental self-talk, yeah. it's because we learned either from ourselves or someone else in our life early on that being hypercritical of yourself is somehow, um, it's like motivating or it helps yeah. you do the right thing. It's like a kick in the pants. Yeah, like, right? That's what, that's what you need to really step up your game and yeah. get things done. Right? I've only met one human being my entire <laughs> life that functioned that way. I think we talked about this Yeah, in a previous episode. Yeah, yeah. I, I've literally met one human yeah. who seems to respond to negative <laughs> Self-talk. But I think that's important that people people aren't doing this for no reason at all. Like right. Sometimes We've they, learned it somewhere. Yeah. They actually yeah. do think it's helpful. But to it's, it, it's our job to kind of show like, are you sure? Or in this situation, are you sure that's helpful? Yeah. Yeah. I get less it's helpful and more like, well, it's just true. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm not as good as my coworkers. Oh, yeah. And I go, oh, does that help you to think like that? And that like, well, no. Even if it were true. But it's just true, you know? Yeah. And and I would say, well, even if it's true, right. let's let's just assume you're right. <laughs> is it helpful, you know, to think that way? Yeah. Are you gonna move towards some kind of end that, that you're happy with? Right. With that in your head. And then usually you can get them to say no. Right. Yeah, obviously. Um Yeah, yeah. The way the way I sometimes a little like thought experiment I use with people sometimes for this is suppose you had a little uh a, a person, just some random person whose job it was to walk around at your side constantly, 24-7 throughout the day, you know, when you're lying in bed, when you're in a meeting at work, when you're commuting to and from your job, like whatever, just constantly by your side. And every, I will guarantee everything they tell you is is not true, but they are constantly going to be berating you and criticizing you for every single thing you do. Mm-hmm. They're going to be just throwing nasty insults and comparing you to other people unfairly. Right. Like, but you, you know it's, it's none of it's true. I, I can guarantee that from the outset. It's not true. How do you think you're going to feel at the end of just one day right. of having someone walk around with you constantly telling you how crappy you are and how bad everything is? Right. Even if you know it's not true, you're going to feel like shit. You're going to feel awful. Day. Yeah. Yeah. Just because you're exposed to that. Like it's just, and that's, I think that's what we do to ourselves, not just on a, not just once, but like constantly. All day long sometimes. Yeah. Uh, you, can you imagine like. And that's why I'm surprised sometimes at the disconnect when I point that out and some clients are like, huh? Yeah. Like, do you think that's why I feel bad? And I'm like, <laughs> yes. Because that line of thought leads to this feeling awful. And then mm-hmm. behaviorally, what do you do when you feel awful? Well, we all know, you know, you kind of isolate a little bit. You're not as active. You're not as engaged. Mm-hmm. You're not as present. You're not as, I mean, we, we or, know. Or, the or you engage in kind of quick fixes and cheap fixes to feel better quickly. Or you're angry right? or you're frustrated or who yeah. knows what. But yeah, there's not a lot of, I mean, hopefully we, we're also working on, you know, being able to choose better behaviors, but you want to, you want to kind of figure out that self-talk 
creates a significant impact or it creates a significant kind of mood issue. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I think that's, we've done a good job explaining kind of what, or I hope we have (laughs) explaining (laughs) what self-talk is and why it is so, um, you know, influential on our mood and how we feel on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's say you kind of have a sense for the fact that, yeah, I've got some pretty rough self-talk going on a lot Mm -hmm. and it's, I definitely buy that it's affecting my mood. Mm -hmm. What do you do? Like, how do you get better? How do you change that? I I think the next step then is practicing, um, the development of more functional alternative thoughts, functional alternative thoughts. That sounds technical. Mm -hmm. What does that Mm -hmm. mean? Well, for, for, let's say my client who struggles in that meeting to be able to catch that he's, he's doing the negative self-talk and go, wait a minute, this isn't, this isn't going to produce uh, good outcomes okay, for me. Okay, so awareness in the moment. Right. And awareness specifically that it's not helpful. It's not helpful. And, okay. you know, what other things could I think about this situation mm-hmm. that are more functional for me? Well, I, I happen to be surrounded by people who are I, I admire, obviously. And that's a really good thing for me because I can mm-hmm. learn from them. Um, there's a much more functional thought that's probably going to leave you in a better headspace than... Um, then I'm so inadequate here. Right. You know, it's embarrassing. Um, but yeah, just practice developing functional thought patterns that'll actually help you and lead you to better outcomes there. Okay, so playing devil's advocate. Sure. But I, the, they just happen so much and they're so strong. Like, I can't stop them. These thoughts are just going in my head. Like, I can't, I can't control them. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and that's a behavior you've, you're well-practiced in, I would say. What's the behavior? Uh, this internal dialogue. That mm. that in this meeting... You're saying my thinking is a behavior? <laughs> we'll call it an internal behavior, yes, <laughs> for all the behaviors out there that are cringing right now. No, but I think that matters. I mean, I think a lot of times thoughts feel like things that happen to us. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes, you know, thoughts just pop in our head. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think engaging them at that point and really kind of elaborating is a behavior. Mm. You know, so you get the thought like, whoa, I, I feel inadequate here Mm -hmm. that can pop in your head i think that 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 can probably just kind of happen then you go oh man well look at bob bob's so much better at this than i am and oh there's susan man she's man she's way smarter than i am and she went to harvard and i only went to that line of thought i would Mm -hmm. say is a behavior you're you're now creating and doing this thing where you're just going to beat yourself up and compare yourself mm-hmm. and do all these things. So recognizing that there's a behavioral or, or, or a component of this behavior that you're in control of. Yeah. So the, I think the degree to which we have control over our thoughts, I, th- I think that's really important. Um, sure. I, I often use the language of when it comes to talking about self-talk, I feel like the language that, that is most accurate and helpful for people is habits. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. usually self-talk follows the kind of the typical rules that you would expect from any other kind of habit, um, any other kind of physical habit you Mm -hmm. can think of. So imagine like tying your shoes, right? Most of us have been tying our shoes for so long that we, it's basically automatic. Like you go to, I can't remember the last time I remember deliberately thinking about which lace to put over which side and like, it's just something I do and it just happens. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But that's not to say that if you, in the, as I was just starting to tie my shoes, if you said, wait, Nick, stop, I've got this other super cool method for tying your shoes right. that you need to try. Right. I could, I could stop 
and try this new method. Sure. Now it would be hard, right? Like it would be frustrating. Yeah. And I'd frequently think like, no, I'm, I know how to tie it this one way. Like I don't, I, this yeah. is tough. Like why do I keep, why am I trying this new way? Yeah. But you, if it really mattered, you could learn a new way to tie your shoe. And then, sure. you know, tomorrow when you went to put on your shoes, you'd, you'd get pulled back to doing it the regular way. You might start. Yeah. Yeah. But you could catch yourself yep. and it would be hard, but you could try it. So I think that, that model of thinking of something as a habit is important because it, it accounts for the fact that thoughts can feel automatic and kind of out of our control. They can feel that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean, and they can even, in, in some ways, they can almost run on autopilot. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean we can't exert control over them mm-hmm. um, and intervene and do something differently. Well, and I think that's therapy in a nutshell, is just teaching you a new way to think, behave, react, engage. That's, that's, that's what therapy's for. I mean, I mean, clients are coming in saying, something's not working. You mm-hmm. know, I feel awful. And, and often to, to change that, you, you've got to change one of those things, the way they think, feel, or, or behave. Um, and, and just knowing the connections between how you think and how you feel is so important. It's just really vital. And so, yeah, when you're, you're, you're basically teaching a new skill, your line of thought, your, your habitual line of yeah. thought leads you to feel awful and engage in maybe unhealthy behavior patterns. I want to teach you a more functional line of thought that'll actually lead you to better outcomes, better moods, um, and better reactions to your environment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. If, if your, if your thinking is habitually negative, harsh, critical, terrified, the way you habitually feel is going to follow suit. Right. Right. And if you want to change how you habitually feel, you need to change how you habitually think. Right. Which is, I think, why I avoid the the argument about whether the thoughts are accurate or not or mm. true or not. Because I'm trying to show you it doesn't matter if it's true. It, 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 it's leading you to feel awful and then engage in dysfunctional behaviors. So whether or not it's true, let's leave that alone. And let's just adopt a functional line of thought that will lead to better outcomes for you. Um, and that seems to be a better approach than to argue truth or subjectivity to thoughts sometimes. Yeah. I, I would quibble that I, I think there is a place for arguing whether a particular thought is. I do too. I just think in the beginning. In the beginning. Yeah. It's, it's okay. like whether or not that's true. Right. Um, I'd want you to be able to experience a better mood and better outcomes. Right. That's the, the main thing. And the, the way I sometimes talk about this is, especially in the beginning, the goal is much more about flexibility. Mm-hmm. So people who are, are stuck in really negative emotional patterns, it's because their thinking patterns are often very, very negative. Mm-hmm. But the real problem is that they're rigid. They're just in this same like kind of groove and rigid pattern of thinking. Right. And it's their inability to break out and do something different that's keeping them stuck and kind of miserable. So really anything different, true, false, left, right, up, down, whatever, doesn't matter because it's all some form of stretching and doing something different, right, right. which is the by far the most important first step. Right. Is just to, yeah, get a little more flexible. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 a, it's fascinating sometimes to hear clients because they, they come in and they, they're almost, um, you know, when, when you ask them how the last week go, you know, you'll almost get a, 
regurgitation of sorts of their internal dialogue of that self-talk. You know, this happened. I sucked at this. This was awful. I, I, you know, and as they recount that for a couple minutes, I'm like, and you wonder why you're depressed or why you're anxious. You know, I mean, here is why, you know, you're constantly berating yourself and telling yourself how awful you are or telling yourself how, you know, how would you feel good? You know, with that person right. who's following you around all day, calling you an idiot yeah. and pointing out every flaw that, that, you know, and, and the worst thing about our minds, our self-talk is that we know ourselves better than anybody. We know all our insecurities, all our weaknesses. Right. So a lot of our self-talk is just designed to point out every flaw you've ever gotten. Mm -hmm. And you think at the end of the day, you should be okay and right. have a smile on your <laughs> face. You know, it's, it's, uh. Yeah, it's, it's it's often really sad because most of my clients would never talk to another human being like that the way they talk to themselves. Yeah. And so you have to pause and, and kind of question that and say, why wouldn't I talk to another human being that way? Well, because it would make that person feel awful <laughs> if I did that, right? right? Well, what do you think you're doing to yourself all day long? Yeah. Right? So I think one way to, to kind of shock ourselves into that realization of how detrimental these kind of cognitive mental self-talk habits can be mm -hmm. is to, um, the, the fancy term would be externalize them, um, which basically means get them out of your head and into real life somehow. And they can mean talking them out to someone Give like me an in example. therapy, but a more, a more specific example is, um, writing, literally writing down your thoughts, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So this, there's a ton of different names and techniques for this basic idea. I mean, people would call it a thought record or a thought diary mm -hmm. or cognitive journaling, or th there's just a million different forms for this. Sure. But the basic idea is, so we talked earlier about getting used to being aware of your thoughts. Right. Um, the, the sort of logical next step there is to take those thoughts, literally put them down on paper. Mm-hmm. Because I think something, it seems like a simple step, but there's something really powerful about seeing those thoughts in the real world on paper and getting that distance. And they, it's, it's analogous to that imagining saying what you say to yourself all the time to someone else. Right, right. You see it on a piece of paper in front of you and go, oh my gosh, that's like, that's ridiculous. That's mean. That's yeah. awful. Right? Or, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, go ahead. Or, or um, when I've had clients complete this, they come back and they say, I had no idea how often I had that thought. Yes. You know? Um, and so, yeah, I agree. It's this very, well, it's it's like a food diary. If you've ever done a food oh, diary, yeah. at the end of yeah. the day, you're like, I, I ate what? what? You no know? way. I told myself <laughs> what all day long? You know, and, and some of the things that we tell ourselves are brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, I... I think the really simple way to do this is to just, you know, we all have cell phones these days. So I will recommend to my clients, keep a little file in your notes app mm -hmm. called thoughts mm -hmm. or something like that. Right. And what you, anytime you start to feel really badly, that's your cue. And all, all I tell them to do is pull out your notes app, briefly describe how you were feeling, depressed, anxious, worried, mm -hmm. whatever. And then just write, transcribe, literally transcribe what were the thoughts that were going through your head right. leading up to that. Mm -hmm. That's it. Just do that. And just get in the habit of doing that at least a few times a day. Yeah. And it's, there are f few kind of techniques that when done um, consistently that are as powerful as that, I think, as really making people become aware of and get perspective on their 
habits of self-talk. That's an excellent recommendation. Thought records are definitely the way to go to kind of, if you want to start assessing what your internal dialogue yeah, is. Just becoming aware of that. I mean, any habit change, it has to, it starts with awareness. Like you have yeah. to be aware of the extent to which something is going on. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then the process of those thought records is interesting too, because you not only have that initial, like I'm telling myself what and how often, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that you start to see patterns develop and how you're responding to certain contexts too. You know, yeah. you start to oh, see like every time I feel depressed, right. it's preceded by, being super judgy and critical of myself. All right. Or, or every time I'm in these contexts, every time I go to a board meeting, I yeah. feel this way, right? And so you can start to learn so much more about yourself once you start tracking this stuff because there's always a pattern to it. Yeah. There's always more insight to be gained by really fleshing this out a little bit um, rather than just going through your day and, and feeling miserable. To really track these things will teach you more about yourself and more about what you're responding to and how you respond to mm-hmm. things um, and offers you these really great points of intervention where you can say, oh, I'm headed into a board meeting. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to have some of these thoughts. I need to be ready for them yeah. and to be on point. And, and you can just start becoming a better, you can start evolving, yeah. changing they that habit. something to work on. Right, yep. right. Yeah. Cool. It's a great exercise. Thought records are highly recommended it looks like by both of us Mm -hmm. sounds good hey everyone Nick and I really appreciate you listening to the podcast please rate us on iTunes if you get a chance and if you have any feedback or comments for us that'd be great as well and if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the podcast let us know in the comment section as well thanks